Welcome to The Q Word, a podcast about the tips, trends, and taboos of emergency nursing, where we pull the hospital curtain back on issues that emergency nurses and their patients often think about but seldom talk about. You found the Q Word Podcast. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm good. I think we have a couple people we wanted to shout out to, right? Yeah. So we've been getting some uh, some comments on our Facebook page, and we've been getting some feedback and some reviews on iTunes, and we wanted to shout out to some of our fans who have taken the time to write us a couple of notes. You've got a good one for us, right, Lisa? Yeah, this comes from Megatron86. This is a five-star review on iTunes. Um, they say, I just listened to the gift of being there and with tears streaming down my face, I thank you both for sharing this touching story. Too often we find it easy to get wrapped up in the clinical side and forget about the emotions that are left in the wake. This podcast is informative, compassionate, and concise. It's one of my favorite medical podcasts. Thank you so much for sharing your hearts and knowledge with the world. Wow. Wow. I would not have wanted, I mean, that's the perfect, perfect review. Yeah. I just love it. That's really nice. We really love hearing from people and that one. That episode was a really special one for us. Um, we worked on that one really hard, so it's nice to see that uh, it made an impact on somebody else as well. Yeah. What do you have? Well, we have a really good one from our longtime fan, Chris Reynolds. And he wrote, love the new episode, dead on about the topic. I feel like all of us have phases. Uh, by the way, this is about our... What's the worst thing you've ever seen? Right, the worst thing you've ever seen episode. Um, So he goes on to say that, number one, new people answer the question with a silent pause at the end that makes everything uncomfortable. Two, the comedic avoidance comes on at about year three. Number three, the veteran gives the straight shutdown. And four, the old retiree says, pull up a chair. He said he loves the part about assessing your audience before answering. I used to tell people the most god-awful story I could unrepress. The last time I did it, I could tell immediately that I blew a fuse in their head and they were not ready for expecting the answer. So he decided to stop doing that. As public servants and healthcare providers, do we have a duty to protect people from the real answer? Which is a really good question. This is a good question. I like the observations about how the the answers may change over time. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, Chris. Um, We also had a couple other comments on this episode, uh, but the majority of them was that uh, people do actually like pineapple on their pizza. That's right. Okay, so thank you to our fans who have written to us. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, We'll throw all that information up on our webpage, and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. So what do we got on deck for today? Um, I have an episode that is the answer to a question that I get a lot, and it's kind of a lengthy discussion. It's uh, that time of year, but really appropriate all year round, where people are going for job interviews. And one of the most... Uh, asked questions that I get is how do I prepare for my interview? Whether you're a new grad or you're moving to a different state or different facility or whether you're coming from a different department to the ER, how do I prep for an ER nurse interview? Now this is not specific to the ER, right? Or this is just for any nursing job? No, this is, uh, this, a lot of this would translate to any nursing job, but I will be ER specific. Okay. So um, the first thing that I want to talk about is the dress. This is super important. Your mama taught you um, dress for the job you want. Mm -hmm. And um, I will say that you need to make sure that your clothing fits well. 
Uh, I say that because I think sometimes people try, try to squeeze into the clothes that they wore before nursing school. And we all eat our way through nursing school. It's rough. Those clothes don't fit you anymore, baby. It is time to get something new. So like my friend Donna Meagle says, you treat yourself and get yourself a new outfit. Got it. Uh, gentlemen, it's appropriate. This is business dress is what we're talking about here. So gentlemen, you do not have to wear a suit and tie, but you do need to be wearing business dress. Mm -hmm. Uh, for the ladies, rhinestone and sequins, not appropriate. This, this outfit should not double as a clubbing outfit (laughs) and your skirt should be long enough to cover your assets. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say all these things because I have seen all of these things. So if you don't know what business attire is please hit me up and we'll talk about it okay how about wearing um scrubs so scrubs is appropriate if the interviewer has requested it so there are some managers who will request that you come in scrubs because they want you to do a shadowing time afterwards Mm -hmm. that's okay but otherwise don't assume that scrubs are okay on rare occasion you may schedule your um interview after your shift or or adjacent to a shift Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as long as that's understood between both interviewer and interviewee, but it should be the exception. You should plan on business attire. Okay, cool. Um, So what about if you um, are like heavily tattooed or you wear lots of, if you've got lots of piercings like earrings, uh, multiple earrings and nose rings and other rings in visible places? Yeah. check into the policy for your hospital as far as the tattoos and piercings go. If your hospital has a policy that those have to be covered, then you probably should consider that for your dress attire. I will say that a lot of hospitals are moving away from that now and they're allowing um, folks to show their tattoos. So you just need to find out the institution that you're interviewing for, where do they fall? Which, which camp are they in? Okay. And like, what about hairspray and makeup and, and heavy perfume, nail polishes, rings? Uh, you know, I've interviewed people who, women who are not wearing any makeup and women who are wearing the full Monty, and it's not going to interfere with your nursing care. I don't care. I would say that the perfumes and things, that's a little bit different because that could interfere with patients. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, just be aware of that. Okay. All right, cool. All that sounds like common sense. Yeah. So as you're going to your interview, you need to silence your phone. That would be really embarrassing to have your ringtone or even vibrate go off during your, during your interview. Uh, obviously, be on time. And I was taught that on time is late. Being early is on time. Okay. So how early? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I would say any more than 15 minutes, that's a little weird and excessive. But you need to allow time to get lost and to park your car and all of those things. So make sure that you are on time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there will be a gatekeeper there. So there's going to be a unit secretary or a department clerk or maybe in a small hospital, even it's the triage nurse. So there's going to be a gatekeeper that um, gets you set up for your interview that you will meet before you meet the person who's interviewing you or the panel who's interviewing you. You need to be nice to the gatekeeper. Don't be rude to the secretary before you go interview with the boss. That's right. Because they're going to report back, right? That's right. Yeah, they're part of the hiring process. So Mm -hmm. the minute you step onto the campus of this facility, uh, your interview has begun. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. What about, um, oh, wait, there was a question I was just thinking. Oh, I know. I was going to make a stupid joke. (laughs) I was going to ask if there's also a key master. (laughs) There is a gatekeeper. Yeah. And is there a key master? 
<laughs> Do you know what that reference is? You have absolutely that Ghostbuster. Oh my gosh! You got a pop culture reference. Get get out of here! Oh, you're a great so, nurse, but you're really bad with pop culture. But you do know your 1987 movies, right? You're I think welcome. Ghostbusters was 1987. All right. That's right. All right, cool. All right, great. So, so be nice to the gate master. Uh, gatekeeper. Keeper, yes. A key <laughs> master. For the key master. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so once you go into your interview, although you're probably nervous, make sure you make eye contact, you smile, uh, make the first move. So step forward and offer to shake people's hands. That should be you making that first move. It shows confidence, even if you're trying, even if you're having to fake it. It's pretty miserable to sit in an interview when you know someone is so nervous that this is just feeling like torture for them. So try to smile, try to relax. That will help you to relax, actually. I never mind somebody who's able and willing to disarm me by saying, wow, I'm super nervous. I'm eager to meet you, but sorry if I'm coming off a little nervous. I am. Do you think that that's a deal breaker? No, absolutely not. I think it's taken for granted that you're going to be nervous. And I should say, we should probably uh, qualify this by saying these are my opinions. Mm. um, And this is based on dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of interviews that I sat in on. Um, So just take it with a grain of salt. Take it for what it is. Have you interviewed for jobs that you haven't gotten? Uh, One time. Mm -hmm. And do you recall what you think you may have done wrong? Or do you believe it was just a cohort thing or just a demographic They They told me that a more senior nurse, it was one tiny position that was being offered. They had multiple uh, candidates and it was a senior nurse that got it because they were senior. I see. So it wasn't the short skirt and it wasn't the cleavage bearing dress. Right. The bad 80s references. No. (laughs) Uh, Just as a note, I have never seen Lisa in a cleavage bearing dress or she's always very appropriately dressed. Well, there's always time. (laughs) You never know. All right. So these are all kind of, these are givens. They should be givens, but I'm stating them out because I have seen multiple infractions on all accounts of these. So why do you think that is? Is this just a personality thing? Do you think that nurses aren't taking it seriously uh, or these candidates aren't taking it seriously? Yeah. I think people don't realize how important some of these things that seem like small details are really, really big details. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That, that we take note of all of these things. Okay. The other thing that I want you to know is that you need to bring a few things with you. I would encourage you to bring a notepad and something to write with because you probably are going to want to take notes. The things that are told to you about the job, Um, There will be some good information, some good advice that's given to you, some good descriptions of the job. Those are things that you want to make note of. If you're being interviewed by a panel or just an individual person, it would be a good idea to write down the names of those folks so that you can use them again in the interview, maybe at the end, or that you could write a note or a thank you to them later. Um, Keep in mind that you won't always be interviewed by people with names like Sherry or Grace or Darlene Mm -hmm. or Donna. Uh, you might be interviewed by someone named Nisa. And <laughs> so while it's super convenient that nurses all wear badges mm-hmm. and you can kind of cheat with the name thing, but when you see my name, you don't have any idea how to pronounce it. So you need to probably make note of that. If you're going to use my name again, then I would like it if you did it right. Write some sort of phonetical spelling out so that That's you can right. remember it. Do you have, uh, have you had people show up without notebooks and does that sort of make you think mm, this person isn't prepared? No, it just, it it does the opposite. When someone does show up and make notes, it tells me they're invested in this. This is important to them and they're making notes. And I will say that anymore, we typically make notes on our phone. Mm -hmm. This would not uh, be an appropriate time to, um, to make notes on your phone. Your phone should be put away. I know, I know we've all gone paperless. Mm -hmm. This would be a time where you want pen and paper. 
Oh, can you just break out your phone? Because I'm going to record this interview. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, the other thing you need Siri, to have t- record interview. <laughs> hey, Google, answer that question for me. Alexa, why did I go into nursing? Nope. <laughs> no, okay. Doesn't work that way. You can't hack the interview that way. <laughs> All right. So write down notes of names and try to listen to things that you want to ask questions about later because they probably will ask you at the end of the interview if you have any questions that's exactly so i would so don't interrupt them while they're asking you questions try to save them for the end that's true okay that's true uh the other thing that you want to bring in your notebook is you want to bring a copy of your resume if you're going to be interviewed by a panel which is pretty common bring enough copies for the number of people that are going to be on the panel if you don't know i would say a good number would be six Okay. Uh, it's unlikely that you're going to be interviewed by more than six people. Mm-hmm. But it's very distracting when a person brings one resume and you have to just pass it around the room. You can't mm-hmm. listen and look at the same time. So I would say bring multiple. And if you're a new grad, same goes for your transcript. So you should have both a resume and a transcript. And again, you've probably turned all of those in in a virtual format. But in this case, you want to have it printed out and, and be ready. Uh, if you have published anything, would that, that would go in your CV or your resume, right? That's right. Can you bring too much? Here's my um, here's the short story that I had published uh, last week in the Macon Home and Garden. <laughs> I mean, okay. this is the you know the thing is you're trying to sell yourself. So I, if I were putting myself on the flip side and I'm the interviewer, no. And I will tell you a story uh, in a minute about a girl who brought. A very oh, impressive okay. portfolio. So, would you say things like, "Oh, and by the way, I have a podcast. You should listen to it." <laughs> I mean, do you plug yourself in terms of extracurricular activities that are complementary to the professional life that you're leading? Uh, I would, I would try to find a way to work that into the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's a podcast about nursing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have a podcast about ACTC. <laughs> you should check it out. Yeah, which is great, but not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about doing what about doing research about the people you'll be interviewing with in advance? Is that helpful to do these are there good web pages for hospitals where you can find out a little bit about this doctor? Is it good to do some preparation um, to see whether or not this nurse is presented at some conference or has, you know, anybody who might be interviewing you who might have a digital footprint, does that seem creepy if they've looked you up or? I mean, if you're Facebook stalking them and talking to them about their grandkids, that's super creepy. But <laughs> if you've done it in a professional way and you should, you should, uh, you should research the facility that you're applying to. And I'm going to assume that you're applying to multiple, which would also be good advice. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You should apply to multiple facilities. Um, or multiple departments in in the facility, but you need to research it. What makes this community hospital special? What makes this level one trauma center a big deal? Do they have magnet status? Do is it a critical access hospital and they have a, a very um, robust community presence? You, there is a there are good things for every size and shape hospital. You need to know and be able to speak to those. So you need to have done a little bit of research, and it's it becomes very evident in an interview when someone has has done some research okay great and so that kind of leads into the first few questions that we liked to ask when we were doing interviews the first question that we always asked is why of all the jobs did you choose nursing Mm. and 
the answers that we often got were things about how people felt called to healthcare, called to helping, called to caregiving. Um, I read so many personal statements that my medical students write to try to get into medical school. Like they're probably very similar to that. Stories like that. And so do you, do you also get stories of, well, my grandmother was sick and I was at the bedside and I saw the nurses or... Every or my, grandmother's oh, story on the planet I have yes. read multiple times, which has made me probably skeptical about the general health of grandmothers. And so it's not uncommon for someone to have a loved one that's been, you know, and they witnessed the care that a caregiver gave, or maybe they were the patient themselves. You know, they had a, a situation as a child and realized that they wanted to be a part of that. So those are very common answers about why nursing. Okay. What you should not say is... Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, you can. So I heard that this was a big money field and that I would always have a job and I would make really good money and that after a while I could get a really sweet gig in some doctor's office and just work on to five and rake it in. That's right. So saying that the healthcare industry is super stable no matter what the rest of the employment field is, that is not... Not a good answer. Don't say that. And honestly, if that's your answer, for, if that's your reason for coming into nursing, you are going to be sorely disappointed and you will not last very long. Okay. Here's, an, here's another one. Okay. Uh, well, I couldn't get into medical school. Uh, and so I just settled for this. I figured I'd, I might as well just be a nurse. That's right. Don't tell me organic chemistry kicked you off the route, route to being a physician. And so you decided to just become a nurse. <laughs> that will not go over very well at all. Okay. How about this? I wanted to be a rock star so bad. And my father said, no, you're never going to make it. So oh, you should just go to nursing school. This sounds like, this sounds like you read this. <laughs> this is very specific. I wanted to be an artist or I wanted to be a poet or I wanted to be something else impractical. So uh, we're going to ask you why of all the nursing professions would you choose ER? And so you should tell us, you know, what, what it is about the ER that you have chosen. Uh, I would avoid quoting any kind of medical shows in that one. Just tell us what it is that you like about ER. And then to follow that one up, we're going to ask you of all the ERs in the local area, why did you choose ours? And this is where your research will will help you. So if you can say, well, it's a level one trauma center or it's a research hospital or it's a teaching hospital okay. or, um, it's four blocks from my house. Mm, nope. Mm. Uh, the acuity or the personal the care. The doctors are really hot here. Mm, no, no, don't mm. say that. I would suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> the next line of questioning is going to be something along the lines of, Tell us about your best day in nursing. Tell us about your worst day in nursing. Tell us about a good catch you made. Tell us about your first patient death. Uh, so any of those kinds of things where we want you to recount a patient experience. So when you're coming into this interview, you need to have several patient experiences from nursing school or previous jobs that you can sort of fit into any of those categories. A good day, a good catch, a bad day, a memorable patient, any of those kinds of things. It's very disturbing in an interview when you ask a candidate a question along these lines and they just sit with a blank stare and can literally come up with no patient interaction stories. Um, that's a red flag. So you need to be able to recount some good patient stories. So there's some, the next ones are kind of tricky questions that you want to be careful of because these are often going to be things that are asked of you and it can be a landmine if you don't think these through ahead of time. It might be something like, tell us about a time when you failed. Tell us about a time when you broke hospital policy. Tell us about a time when you made a mistake. 
the the point is that we know everyone is human and we know you're going to make mistakes. We know you're going to fail. Uh, you need to be very careful about which failures, mistakes, and hospital policies you choose. So, for instance, if you say something like, well, the hospital policy says that there are only two visitors allowed at the bedside, but I had a patient who was actively dying and they had three children, and so I allowed four or five visitors at the bedside. And, you know, technically the policy said two. No one is ever going to fault you for breaking that hospital policy, right? Okay. Um, if you talk about uh, some a time that you failed. So, for example, my patient was acutely psychiatric and I brought the family member back to visit with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned very quickly that some family members escalate mania and anger and so forth. Uh, some patients just need a familyectomy. Whereas Ooh, sometimes family... I fam- like that word. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. family members will be a partner in care and they can soothe and they can be very therapeutic to the patient. And so what I learned from that failure is that from now on, when I bring a family member back, I'm going to stay for the first few minutes and watch the interaction between these two and assess their relationship and decide whether they can stay or whether they need to go. So what we're looking for is that you recognized the error, failure, mistake, whatever, and that you learned from it and that it didn't kill a patient. The, the the crossing of rules has got to be pretty clear in terms of what's an ethically right choice or a morally right choice versus something that could be dangerous or illegal. That's right. That's right. So when, you know, when you're bending a policy that's really a guideline or something like mm. that, that's one thing. But when you're just breaking rules, especially rules that involve drugs, that's, yeah, that's too far. What about... I wouldn't hire that person. What about types of disagreements? This may be a question you're about to get to, but um, were you going to say, tell me about a conflict that you've had at the hospital and how you resolved it? Is that one of the questions you were going to... That's, that's a common question, sure. Okay. So what kind of conflicts uh, would be appropriate and which ones would be inappropriate? Um, I think communication errors are things that often end up in conflict. So if you weren't clear when you delegated a task or if a physician ordered something and you didn't, you didn't, you weren't crystal clear on what was happening, you didn't clarify it, those kind of conflicts would be what I would, you know, what I would bring up. Um, What what kind of things would you avoid in that kind of question? Well, I I think as the interviewer, if someone tells me that, you know, they, they had a conflict with a previous boss or a physician uh, those are really red flags. If they tell me about a conflict where they treated a unlicensed personnel like their tech poorly, that's a huge red flag for me. So that's a great question to ask because uh, inevitably conflicts are going to come up. Um, you just have to, you know, so those are those are telling ones. If you're going to tell me that you, you know, you and your boss went at it, that's that's a very bad sign. So when you ask these questions, are you looking for people to trip up to, to expose themselves as potentially bad candidates for the job? Or are you, is it a trick question is what I'm saying? Um, it's a tricky question. I don't okay. know if it's a trick question, uh, but it is a tricky question. And that's why I think it's okay to know these things ahead of time that you can be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think people who aren't prepared are the ones who are more likely to say things about, that would be inappropriate and tell me things that are red flags. Great. 
Um, I like to ask the question about, especially for people who have worked in our department, either as an extern or maybe they precepted during nursing school, uh, even if they didn't, I like to ask them, tell me one nugget of wisdom that your preceptor taught you that changed your practice or that you will always hang on to that you have kind of incorporated into your nursing practice. Uh, I like it when people can come up with something like uh, always pull the gown back. And I really like it when they tell me the name of the preceptor, if it's one of my employees, if they mention names of employees that have taught them things, those, mm -hmm. that's a really good move to do in an interview. Okay. And sometimes we will ask you, well, well, who was your preceptor? And they'll tell me, well, she taught me blah, blah, blah. Or he said always or never blah, blah, blah. Those are really good things to do. What's your answer to that question? Uh, what's a golden nugget that my preceptor taught me that I will never forget? Yeah. Um, my preceptor, Shauna, in surgical trauma ICU when I was rotating there, taught me to always pull the gown back when you're assessing your patient. What does that mean? So when you're looking over your patient, don't forget to move the gown and look at everything. Uh, she said it will be your best friend. And when you pull the gown back, you find things, rashes and scars and peg tubes that you didn't know were there and all sorts of things that you didn't get in report or that your patient didn't tell you about. Um, it's a huge, huge assessment tool. So never skimp on your assessment by not pulling back the gown. All right. Next question. Uh, another one that we like to ask is where do you see yourself in five years? Um, pe people think that this one's a tricky one too, because a lot of new grad nurses or nurses who are early in their nursing career have their sights set on master's degrees. And they think that if they say that they won't get the job in our department, we really liked it when you were transparent with us, we like to know that we only have you for three or four years and that you're planning on going back. Or we like to know that in two or three years, you're going to ask for part-time because you're doing clinicals in your nurse practitioner route or whatever. So we appreciated transparency. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when people don't have sites on that uh, and they say things like, you know, in five years, I just really want to be a good ER nurse. That's a freaking fantastic answer. And you think that you're just saying, you know, I just want to be a good nurse. Uh, not just, friend. That is the best answer of them all. I want to be a really solid emergency room nurse. That's a great goal to have. Uh, I like it when people say that they were planning on certifi certification and advanced certification. I like it when people say they were thinking about getting involved in clinical ladder if you have that at your facility. Those are things to know ahead of time and put in in your um, five-year plan. Potential bad answers. Maybe um, I want to run this place. Yep. I want to be sitting right where you're sitting right now. It's not a great answer. I want to be out of here. <laughs> this is just a stopgap for me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I just want to work in this hospital until I can get to a better one. Yeah, those would be foolish, foolish answers. People say things like, I want to go into management or I want to be a charge nurse or something like that. Those are okay. I'm okay with that. But saying things like, I want to run this place or I want to be, you know, I want your job, something like that would be really... Just bad taste. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last question we like to kind of round it out with is what do you like to do outside of nursing? And we've talked about this in the gift of being there, actually. Mm -hmm. We like to know what sort of coping mechanisms you have in place. So we frame it as a nice getting to know you question. But we want to know that you've got some things in place. You've got hobbies or you've got friends, family, church family, um, athletics, pets, mm -hmm. talents, whatever. Something that you can turn to to cope when this bad, this job gets ugly because it does. And so a lot of times nursing students 
after two years of nursing school, like, I, I don't do anything but nursing. All I do is study. <laughs> Bless mm-hmm. them. And so, but anyway, we do like to know that one. We like to ask that one. Have you thinking about that? Red flags? Uh, if, if people can't come up with anything, you know, um, I, I mean, it, I'm okay if you say, you know, I like to hang out with my friends. I've got a, a, a very social person. It's great. It's fine. Yeah. Would somebody who seems to be a big risk taker frighten you off? Absolutely not. The ER is full of adrenaline junkies. A lot of ER nurses have extreme sport hobbies. Cool. Yeah. That's really interesting to know. Yeah, so that wouldn't surprise me at all if someone said that. Fight club. (laughs) Well, we we don't talk about it, so that's the first rule. Another pop culture reference. I am on fire. I have found your sweet spot. It's definitely like 80s and 90s. (laughs) So um, that's kind of a, that kind of rounds out the type of questions that we would ask. And what we would always like to end the interview with is what questions do you have for us? Oh, 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 let me, let me play. All right. What questions do you have for me, Lisa? So how much money am I going to make at this job? Nope. (laughs) Try again. Uh, uh, so I really, uh, so am I going to be expected to work nights and weekends? Mm, that one you could ask. Yeah, we could talk about that. Oh, okay. Um, so how long is it going to take me to get your job? Uh, you'd be out the door. <laughs> That's going to take Those a are really the only ones I can come up with. I, I just feel like the rudest question to ask is how much money am I going to make? Yeah. I mean, so- it, eventually it's going to happen down the line, but on the first interview, that seems like the wrong thing. To well, and people. and this is not the person to talk to about that. That's an HR question and these are these are nurse managers and nurse educators and nurse leaders. So they're not in charge of how much you get paid. This is not the question to ask them. You could talk about, you know, is there a night shift position or a day shift position? It's not the best question to ask, but it's an important one. I get that. Um so and then the other one is, well, did I get the job? That's not an appropriate question to ask at this moment either. What What do I need to say to you right now to for, get, for me to walk out with what the What do I need to do right now? Oh. <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, so appropriate questions to ask would be things like, what does my orientation look like? How will you choose my preceptor? How will I know if I'm on track um, the way that you would like it? What do you think makes a good ER nurse? Where would you see me in five years if you could choose? Those kinds of things are good questions to ask. Uh, but asking about money, that's that's for HR. What about asking about um, the personality of the hospital? Um, you know, can you define what kind... Do you, do you think that this is a rigid atmosphere? Is it a high-paced atmosphere? Would you call this hospital easygoing? Uh, what kind of... Uh, what levels, how how many emergencies are we going to get here? Yeah. Uh, should I expect to be constantly in motion or would you call this a Q word kind of place? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not in so many words, but that would be appropriate to ask. You know, how many okay. patients do you see a day? What would my patient uh, ratio be? You know, what's the nurse patient ratio? What is your attrition rate like? Those are all very good questions to ask. Would you define the place that there's... Staff here is happy. Do um, does everybody get along? Are these good questions? Uh, yeah. If you want to ask about the culture of the department, that would be fine. I think a lot of those things are going to be offered to you. I think they're going to they're going to kind of after the question and answer period, they're going to talk a good bit and and tell you. Let me describe to you what our department is like, what our flow is like, what our culture is like. Um, so those th- I think those things are going to come anyway. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so a few other notes about interviews. I did talk to a manager recently who has a, a little bit of a different style of an interview. She does do the the actual interview and request that you come in scrubs. And then you're mm-hmm. going to do three or four or more hours of shadowing on her unit. So she's going to assign you to a nurse and then you're going to shadow for a while. And so she's going to base a lot of the decision on what she sees you doing in the unit, how that nurse gives her feedback, uh, what it looks like and when you're, you know, what kind of questions you're asking and your observational status. So I like that. I think that's a very interesting uh, way to interview someone. It's sort of a, a hands-on, active learning interview. Mm-hmm. And then after a lot of the interviews, kind of like we talked about at the beginning, you may be offered a tour of the unit. Uh, mm-hmm. And you may, you in that tour, you will be meeting a lot of the staff. This really is when, a so, so even kind of crazy people can pull themselves together for 30 to 60 minutes and put on a good face and, and give a good interview. So there were many times in interviews where I was sitting there saying over and over in my head, please don't have snakes in your head. Please don't have snakes in your head. Please don't have snakes in your head. <laughs> But this is really where uh, the important piece comes in is when we take you around the department and you're meeting staff and you're interacting with patients and we're seeing you kind of in the element of the department, this Mm -hmm. is huge. This is key. So when you're stepping forward with a a smile and and shaking people's hands, getting to know them, asking them questions, what's your favorite part about working here? Uh, What's your advice for me? Um, if you yield to uh, stretchers coming by, wheelchairs coming by, if you know to get out of the way because patients are priority, that's a good idea, a good thing. I even had one manager tell me, and I think this is kind of interesting, that in the path that they're going to take for this tour of the department, they will take a wadded up paper towel and drop it in the path that they're going to go on intentionally mm-hmm. to see how the candidate reacts to that piece of trash on the floor in the department. So I've thought a good bit about this. We used to do that in restaurants too. I will say to you that I'm not sure as a candidate that I would reach for it. For one thing, because if I have gloves on, I will touch anything. But without gloves, I don't know what's on that paper towel. I'm not willing to go and touch it. The other thing is, as a, as a candidate and an interviewee, I would wonder if me picking it up and throwing it in the trash, is that... Are you going to take that as I think you guys are dirty or I think I'm, I'm, am I making a comment about your department? So I'm not loving that technique. I don't think I would ever use it, but just keep in mind that there's at least some people out there who consider that kind of a thing. Um, and then, you know, if you have precepted in our department, if you have been a nurse extern in the department, when you are going for your interview, that is really a formality. The decision about whether to hire you or not has already been made. So as you have worked multiple shifts, every one of those shifts has for, has been basically an interview. And ER staff, not just the nurses, right. but physicians, the techs, they are going to report back. So when they identify someone who is sharp, who's a team player, who's a hard worker, they're going to go to management and say, we want this guy, we want this girl in our department. They are one of us. They recognize it. Yeah. and It's an extended audition. It's an audition. And similarly, if you are sitting around while everyone else is getting, you know, getting hammered with patients and, and work, or if you have to be asked to do things multiple times, or if you're just not getting the flow of it, that's going to be reported back to so just keep in mind as you come into the department that all of those things are basically extended job interviews. Do you ask for letters of recommendation or anything like that? Uh, if I if maybe I was on the fence about somebody, I might. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to look who they put who they put down for their letter of reference, 
and see if it's anyone I know or, um, you know, if it's the if it's the director of their school of nursing, that's a big sign. You know, if it's one of their nursing instructors, that's a that's a usually a very good sign. What if they bring letters of recommendation along with their CV that you didn't ask for? Yeah, that's great. I have okay. no problem with that. And I will take the time to read them. Okay. Absolutely. absolutely. So would you recommend they do that if they could get them? If you have them, absolutely. Great. Um, so one of the other things when you're answering these questions, I would avoid criticizing a previous employer, even if they were terrible, awful, nasty, no good. You never know who knows each other. Well, and it, just, it just doesn't look good on you either, you know? I mean, I've had people say things like, I felt like my license was in danger there. Uh, Ugh, that's mm. kind of bad form. What about things like uh, the culture? I, I just didn't fit into the culture there. Uh, yeah, I would say something like it just wasn't a good fit. That's uh, very, you know, that's very kind of um, nondescript, you know, yeah. without throwing anybody under the bus. Um, but yeah, avoid dis- avoid negative talk about previous employers. One of the things would be to send a nice email or if you really want to be formal about it, a written thank you note after thanking them for the interview. That's where those names that you wrote down will come in handy. Right. Uh, I say that's nice because the majority of people don't do that. So it's very um, noticeable when someone takes the time to do it. Right. And so speaking of noticeable and notable, I have two favorite interview stories that I wanted to mention. You know, you asked about, is it possible to bring too much, mm-hmm. too many things? There was a point where we had decided to do panel interviews of all critical care areas. So we were bringing nurses in and I was interviewing them as a representative from the ER with representatives from the other ICUs and the clinical nurse specialists. This was a new thing we were trying. And we had a girl who came in and she brought in a whole portfolio of things that her nursing school had required her to do for a grade uh, for this to bring into your first interview. She brought it in. It was beautiful. It included certificates that she had gotten from volunteer hours. It was almost like a scrapbook. Uh, Photos of things that she participated in, presentations that she had done in nursing school. Of course, it included her transcript, her resume, letters of recommendation, all those things in this beautiful portfolio. And she knocked the interview out of the park. Uh, We were all drooling over her, ready to offer her uh, a position, and she was exclusively interested in the ER. So my little heart was just bursting. Mm -hmm. And I, just as I was thinking, man, I wish we could clone this chick, she drops this bomb in my lap and tells me that she has an identical twin sister. (laughs) I was just going to say, what, that she has a twin? I am pretty sure I had to wipe the drool from my, and she said, no, 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 my sister is a teacher. She did not go into nursing. And uh, I was, uh, her name is Arnaz. And I was like, Arnaz, you're just teasing me here. Uh, It was a beautiful portfolio. It was not over the top. If your nursing school makes you do that, or if you get these things as you go along, slide them into a sheet protector in a notebook, bring that along. This really is the time to capitalize on all that work you did and sell yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the only time I've ever seen someone do that. And um, it made it made a lasting impression. Clearly, I'm here talking about it. Mm. Um, The other super memorable interview that we had was um, a girl named Brittany who came in as a new grad, Brittany. And I remember that she was really, really put together in her dress. I remember thinking her shoes were beautiful. She was very, very put together. And um, as we asked her these questions about telling us, tell us a time about a patient experience. I remember her recounting a patient that she cared for all day. And then eventually this patient succumbed and he, he died. And I remember just the beautiful way that she told it. It made me well up with emotion. I'd never 
So I had to like knock my pen off the table and pretend like I was picking out, you're, I'm not crying. You're crying in an interview. Uh, so the only time someone ever did that to me, it was caught me off guard. Um, and, but just a beautifully told story, beautifully told patient experience. And then as we were looking at her resume, we noticed that she had graduated about six months earlier, mm. but this was her first nursing job. And so we were like, what's, what's going on with this timeline here? This seems like a, a six month lag. What's been going on? And she sat up straight and looked us straight in the eye and said, well, unfortunately, the first time that I took NCLEX, I was unsuccessful. And so I had to wait um, and study again, sign up again. And the second time I took it, I was unsuccessful as well. And so here I have now successfully um, met the NCLEX requirements. And so I'm seeking my job now. Mm. And I remember that this is a situation that someone could potentially be embarrassed by or that someone could potentially shy away from. But what she did is she sat up, squared her shoulders, looked us right in the eye and hit this thing head on. And we were all very impressed by that because um, those are things that you're going to have to deal with in, as an ER nurse. You're going to have to take uh, very uncomfortable situations and, and face them and do it in, in a quick and a timely manner. And we realized that she was definitely the kind of nurse that could have these sort of critical conversations. She showed her determination. Um, she didn't shy away from a, a tough situation. And we hired her without any reservation. Right. She was a great nurse, for sure. She went on to have a career in flight and continues to fly. She is a base lead now. She passed oh. her certified flight nursing exam first try without issue. That is a very hard test. And she passed it with flying colors, has grown into a really fantastic friend and nurse. And I tell both of those stories with permission, by the way. Ah, excellent. F1. Oh, and we will be doing an episode about the NCLEX in the future. I know it's on our list. Yes. Um, so a few. So stay tuned, folks. In, in conclusion, I wanted to talk about a few sort of trends that are happening in interviews that, that uh, people should be aware of. So one of the trends that, and they're both kind of a little bit controversial. Um, one of the trends is this idea that hospitals are sending you to an online third party to do a personality test. So this is often 50 or 100 questions. Uh, true or false questions on things like, I never get angry, or uh. I prefer to be alone, or <laughs> sometimes I'm not sure what I really believe. Wait, true, true or false? They have only a two choices. That's right. So where, where these questions, the, the real answers to these questions are, are really quite nuanced and gray areas, but you only get to say, true, I never get angry, or false, I never get angry. Which clearly is not true on either side. That's right. And so All right. the, the justification for these is that, and it breaks down into five different categories, agreeableness, conscientiousness, extroversion, openness to experiences, and stress tolerance. The people who are using these are saying that it helps to determine whether a candidate's going to fit into the company culture, whether they will be comfortable in their new role. They say that it helps to um, find these high-quality candidates and that it decreases turnover. And about 46% of the customer service industry is using it. Now, here's the thing. Nursing is not solely a customer service. In fact, it's not even primarily a customer service industry. So I, I don't know how well it translates to healthcare. And um, additionally, there's been controversy around this because there are actually been suits filed with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission saying that this is biased against people who have depression, anxiety, uh, and other mental conditions, even bipolar disorder, because of the way that these 
questions are framed in this true or false absolute that you're given. I never know how to answer those questions, and sometimes I answer against type because I think that's the answer they want. That's right. I, I wonder if the test is sophisticated enough to compensate. Didn't you say, we talked about this a little earlier, didn't you say that they ask the same questions over and over again? Yeah, so they will often take the same principle and restate it with just very little um, change in it. And you may see that same principle three or four or five times in that 50 or 100 questions. Interesting. Yeah, and so it becomes frustrating and you do start second guessing, like what are they trying to get out here? Am I giving them the right answer? I don't know what's going on here. I always feel as if tests like that can be used against me in a court of law. <laughs> that if I, you know, that if I'm ever accused of some sort of heinous crime, somebody could try to, well, look at this personality test that she took for this. Clearly she's a serial killer. Clearly she has tendencies that indicate criminal propensities. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I, um, I think that it might be okay to use this test as one of the criteria to hire someone probably definitely not the most important criteria but many institutions are using this as the as the initial if you don't get uh, if you don't score this way or that way you won't even get the interview it's the gatekeeper or the key master again the gatekeeper and the key master that's it's right both wrapped into one so they're using it as um they're, they're weeding people out just on this basis well, and I know anecdotal evidence of nurses that um, have not been gotten any farther in the interview process because they didn't score whatever the institution thought they should. And they were nurses that I had worked with who were really, really strong clinicians, really great employees. And these facilities were missing out on these folks because of this test. They didn't even get to the point where they could hand over their portfolio with their letters of recommendation in it. That's right. They That's were kicked right. out tell before their, it even happened. Tell their good stories. That does seem very discriminatory. And is this a standard test or are there multiples of these tests that are going around that you know of? I think, I think there are multiple yeah, options of it. That leaves it up to the institution to choose one test that they think best characterizes the kind of personality that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that's happening in interviews at places like Google, Apple, Hewlett Packard, right. they are, they recognize that people are preparing for these interviews and that they're getting hold of these common questions and that they're having time to think through them. That they're listening and so, to podcasts about what to do. That's right. That's right. Baby. I see. Whoops. We're contributing to the problem. <laughs> so they um, they have decided to ask some almost borderline nonsensical questions that cannot be prepared for because they are looking to see what kind of innovation or creativity or um, spontaneity outside of the box some of these candidates that they are interviewing uh, will show. So, and what's happening is this is also leaked over into healthcare and some nurses are actually being asked some of these questions and how much it has, how much it applies to nursing, I don't know. And, and whether it has any valuable value to it, I don't know. I don't think that I would ever use these in an interview, but let me just throw some of them out there for you. <clears throat> okay. So this is one of my favorites. If you were shrunk down to the size of a nickel and put in a blender, how would you get yourself out knowing that it was 60 seconds until the blender turned on? What? <laughs> Wait, yes, what? exactly. How about if you were a dinosaur, what kind of dinosaur you would you be? Oh, jeez, I don't even know what kind of dinosaurs there are. I do walk through the Natural History Museum at Harvard every day, and I, I see the big chronosaurus. Maybe I'd be one of those. It, it, yeah, so 
swam through the ocean. Tomorrow, tomorrow on your walk, make a decision about which dinosaur you'd be. What about if you were for sale on eBay, what would be your starting price? Oh, ooh, I, I do not like that at all. <laughs> Don't make me value myself like that. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a complex about that question for the rest. Wow, what a difficult question. I guess yeah. for Google, that makes sense. Yeah, I just don't see that it has much of a value or a place in nursing. And I no. think that when you throw that at someone, I don't want to hear their answer. I want to hear about patient experiences and about goals. And I just don't know what kind of dinosaur you identify with is very helpful to make for me to make a, a, a hiring decision. Right, right. All right. So I, I guess what we want to know is what's the craziest thing you've been asked in an interview or what's the what, what's the answer that you felt like you knocked it out of the park? And what's the question that you're most afraid of when you go into an interview? What things do you have the most anxiety about? And maybe we can have a conversation about that on Facebook and give you some advice for uh, how to prepare for those kind of ringers. I mean, a lot of people are just nervous interviewees, and that's something to be aware of. Like, you kind of have to own it. If you know that you're really bad at interviewing, you need to own that portion of your personality and figure out coping techniques and mechanisms that you can use. And that's why I led with that whole, you know, you can go into an interview and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. Yeah. And, and then you're letting people know, I'm, I'm giving you sort of a heads up, I'm self-aware, I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm still going to push through this. So let us know the things that, that scare you the most um, so that we can maybe help you figure out how to deal with that. And when you get your job, we want to hear about that too. So we yeah. can congratulate you. Or if you've actually had really bad interviews. If you've ever found yourself really screwing up at an interview and you don't feel bad telling us that story. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Bring it our way. It's an open forum. So you can tell us these stories on our Facebook page at thekeywordpodcast.com. You can email us at thekeywordpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website, which is, guess what, thekeywordpodcast.com. Um, or check us out on Instagram, which is the keyword podcast. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're the, there. The whole nine yards, we're all those places. And please rate us on iTunes and uh, wherever you listen to your podcast uh, and drop us a note and maybe we'll give you a shout out on one of our future episodes. All right. Well, Thanks, get Lisa. Thank you, Nisa. Everybody get out there and get those jobs. You can do it. <laughs>